Morning, Home Church. How's everybody doing this week? Beginning of a new week, basically almost a new month, right? We're about halfway, not halfway through, but quite halfway through February and beginning of a new series I'm going to start today. How many of you all have had a good year so far? 2023 is absolutely your year. I see some hands, but I don't see a lot of hands. There you go. I see it. Awesome. I really feel led that as I'm beginning a new series this month and through the next few weeks, you know, God has taken us a little bit of on, a, on a journey this year so far, right? So the very first month, which was last month, we talked about the stretch, that there is victory in the stretch, that when we forget what lies behind and we stretch forward to what lies ahead, that God has something for us, right? And that we need to take a different step of faith and do something different. And then we had an awesome message from Pastor Lisa, Josh, and Justin about how we need to pursue our passion. And then last weekend, we just wrapped up the Encounter Conference, our very first Encounter Conference, where we experienced God move in a powerful way. And a lot of us, I think, for the very first time in a long time, we actually repented of some things during that conference. We actually learned to forgive people that have trespassed against us. We learned about how God is our Father and He's there to provide for us, and obviously He saved us through His Son, Jesus. And then we, we're moving forward now, and here we are, uh, almost through midway February, and I really feel like God has laid on my heart to have a series that's going to encourage you. And how many of us need some encouragement right now? Like, I know I do. Every day I need encouragement, amen? And I know all of you do too as well, because if you are actually doing what I believe God is asking us to do as we start 2023, then the devil's going to come along and give you some roadblocks, give you some obstacles, actually make you think twice about maybe doing that something different, maybe pursuing your passion or maybe forgiving that person or repenting of something that you know that, that you have sinned against God and you need forgiveness, his forgiveness. So with that being said, I'm going to do an eight-week series called Keep Moving. Everybody say with me, keep moving. That is what Jesus is saying to every one of us in this room today, everyone that's watching online. What he's saying to me currently is keep moving. And I kind of revealed to you what this is uh, with my own life. If you've been paying attention, which I hope you all do when I do speak, <laughs> is that you've heard me say that the last thing that God told me to do was to keep moving. And so I really feel like that I need to expand on that because Jesus has said some very powerful things in the Gospel of John that we're going to highlight over the next eight weeks that are designed, I believe, if we take it to heart and believe what he has said, it's designed to help us to keep moving. Now listen, everything he said is powerful, amen? Everything he said is powerful, and there is no way I'm going to be able to get through the entire Gospel of John in eight weeks, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight some very specific things that he has said that as, as we believe them and receive them in our heart, and we meditate on them when things get difficult, when things get tough, that it's going to help us to keep moving. And why do I want to keep moving? Well, I want to keep moving in what God has asked me to do. I want to keep moving and following Jesus because there is there's something at the end of this journey, right? Like every year that goes on in my life, if I can't look back and see that there was something that, that God did in me, that God allowed me to go through, that gave him glory and that I was able to achieve something for his kingdom, if I don't have that every year, then I'm beginning to wonder if I've even advanced in my walk with Jesus. 
And that's what I want for you all today, is that we're going to go back in 2024. When we get there, we're going to look back on 2023, and we're going to see that, hey, we kept moving. We didn't stop. We did that something different. We pursued our passion. We've forgiven those that need to be forgiven. We've repented of what we need to repent of. We have moved forward in our walk with Jesus. We kept moving. We didn't quit. And because of that, I've got this thing that I accomplished for God. And I could put that on my, and understand what I mean by this, my spiritual resume, if you will. I can say, you know what, Lord? Man, I am not stagnant in my walk with you. One of the things I'm very proud of with Home Church is that we're very open and transparent about where we're at. And that's something that I saw at the Encounter Conference last weekend and what I experience almost every Sunday is I engage people and I hear that they're going through stuff. And it's not all peaks with Jesus, right? There are valleys too. And I know, I know we get caught in talking a lot about the valleys because that's where I think we really know that we need God. Like we need God to move and we, we come in here with a new sense of faith. We believe he's going to move on our behalf and he's going to move us to that peak, okay? We spend a lot of time talking about the valley but there's a reason for it because as I've always said we are in the last of the last days and it's time to understand that because we're in this valley maybe it's a peak and the reason why it's a peak is because God is using this to strengthen us to grow us to prepare us for what's ahead and what he's saying is keep moving so before I start this series I want to actually go into John chapter 13 you can turn there if you'd like John chapter 13, this is a word for everybody in this room. I don't care where you're at, peak, valley, in between. This is a word for everybody. Maybe you're pursuing your passion. I've heard there's a couple of you in here that are pursuing new business ventures. There's some of you that are learning how to forgive people and you're trying to heal from emotional trauma. And this is what Jesus is saying to you today, and this is kind of the verse that's like the umbrella over the entire series that we're going to do over the next eight weeks. Let me set this up for you. This is after the Last Supper, and Jesus is about to do something that you would not expect the God of the universe to do. He is going to serve his disciples. This series, I believe, God wants to serve you. He wants to encourage you. Like, I want you to come in here and expect that God is going to speak to you through this series and let him minister to you. Because what we're going to see here is Peter had a real hard time with the idea that Jesus is about to wash his dirty, nasty hobbit feet. But he's going to do it. And he's like, no, 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 I, you know, I don't think you should do that. And Jesus said, well, if you don't let me do it, then you have no part with me. Because what he wants to do is lead by example. He wants to serve them because nobody can say that God didn't serve me, so why should I serve other people, right? He wants them to experience this. And so we get to this point where, where Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? And verse 7, Jesus answered him and said, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. That's for all of you in here. This is the verse that's umbrella over all of the series that we're about to do. You may not understand what is happening to you right now, but one day you will. You will see and you will know why 
you had to move through the season that you're in right now, why you had to go through what you're going through in 2023, you will see. What Jesus is saying here essentially to all of you through this verse is to trust him, is to trust him. And we need to, st- we need to start there. And I'm going to start there every week. We need to start here. We need to understand that I'm not God. I don't know why some of these things are happening to me. I don't understand why I'm in this season right now. I don't understand that I'm doing everything that that Pastor Jeff has said for me to do. I'm stretching myself to what lies ahead. And I don't know why this is happening to me. But I am going to trust God and I am going to keep moving. And this is what Jesus wants us to do. So every week... We're going to hit on that. So what is the thing that Jesus said this week? And where do you think I'm going to begin in John? John chapter 1, right? I'm going to begin in John chapter 1 this week. Before I do that, let's pray. So, Father, I just want to thank you for everybody that's here. Father, I just thank you that no matter what season we're in this morning, where we find ourselves at, no matter what lies ahead for us in the future as we move through 2023, we just thank you that we can trust you with our situation, that we may not see why this is happening to me now, but we can see later and we will understand later as to why that is. But we're asking for you to grow us and stretch us this year as we move forward. We ask you to give us the strength to keep moving. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So my life, and and if I can be open with you all, my life has been pretty good. And I'm not here to tell you that I've been through some major traumatic seasons in my life. I had really good parents. I kind of revealed that to you if you were here at the Encounter Conference. I talked a little bit about my adoption, um, the fact that I was adopted and had a loving family that adopted me, had a good life. I've done some pretty amazing things. I mean, God has given me opportunity even before I was saved to do some pretty amazing things. And I really feel like my life has been pretty good. And then one day he called me into full-time ministry. And I, I want to say this because I want you to know that I'm human too. And, and full-time ministry has been a challenge. Every day I feel like I'm having to remind myself why Jesus has called me to be in full-time ministry. That it has nothing to do with me has everything to do with his kingdom and growing his kingdom and ministering to you, the church. That's, that's why he has placed me here, is to shepherd you, to care for you, to pray for you, to, to give you his word and help guide you through the things you're going through in your life. Because um, it's all about him, amen? So the thing is, is there have been times as I'm going through my time, this will be nine years this year, actually, that I've been in full-time ministry. I really can't believe it. It seems like it's been two years, but it's been, it will be nine years this July. And as I started to move through in the ministry that Jesus has called me to have and to do, there have been challenges. There have been challenges on, with the church, as you, some of you well know. Uh, this was not the, the location that I began my ministry. Um, it started at the old property on 9610 Garnett. Um, but there's some things that I've gone through personally as well. And as I'm walking through this thing called ministry and this life that I have with my family and my friends and the people that I work with and with you all as the church, there have been some significant challenges. And there, there came a point where I remember exactly where I was and I was just on a run um, during, during a jog that I was doing 
And I can't remember exactly what day it was, but I do know that it was a time where I was going through something, not personally, but it had something to do related with the church that was affecting me personally. And I remember asking God, what is happening? You know, what am I supposed to do? You know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I've come to a point in my, in my relationship with him where I, can, I actually have made this comment. What is it you're trying to teach me? <laughs> like, I know this is not from you, all right, because I know what I'm feeling right now. But what is it you're trying to teach me? What is it you want me to know? Because I, I, I need to know something in order for me to continue to move forward, in order for me to keep moving. And you know what he said to me? He said, keep moving. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, fine. And see, sometimes I think that's, that's where that, that faith is, right? That even though everything seems to be piling on top of you, even though you feel like that you're at the end of your rope, even though you feel like you want to throw up the white flag and surrender, even though maybe it's not just surrender, it's turn high tail, run back and retreat, you know? It's like you feel like you're crushed, you're in this pit. I mean, we've talked about these things before, there is something there where you're like, you tell yourself, don't quit. I just need to keep moving. I need to keep following Jesus, right? I, I, it's not about how I feel. And I know Christina talked a little bit about it during worship today before we started singing Faithful. It's not about what we feel. It's about what we know. Amen. And so the enemy wants to try to deceive us by how we feel. And if we feel this way, that means I'm not following Jesus. Or if I feel this way, that means I can't continue to move forward and keep moving. And that faith that we have, that must receive faith, I believe, sometimes is all it takes. What Jesus said, must receive faith, right? That must receive faith allows us to actually say, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to keep moving. And I think we need to do that. I think some of you in here today are thinking, I don't know why all this stuff is happening to me. And I don't know if I can keep moving. And it's not that you want to quit. It's not that you don't want to pursue Jesus. But I really feel like it's because sometimes we get so caught up in what we're going through that we just forget about everything else. And that is natural for us as human beings. We tend to default to sometimes self-pity. And I've been there. And sometimes God looks at you in a loving way and says, quit it, get up, keep moving. So where I'm gonna start today is, you're absolutely right, John chapter one. And we're gonna begin in verse 43. So as John writes, we learn that the word became flesh, that's Jesus. We learn about John the Baptist foretelling Jesus coming, the Lamb of God. And we see how Jesus is calling his first disciples. And so what I'm going to end or start today is at the end of John chapter 1, beginning in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. I like to look into this. There is so much more than just Jesus deciding to go to Galilee. Like if we were to peel back the layers, Jesus had to spend time with the Father. The Holy Spirit directed him and said, you need to go to Galilee on this day. Because Jesus never kept moving towards nothing. He always kept moving towards something. There was something that he had to move towards, right? The idea that he wanted to grow his kingdom and he had to find people to follow him that were going to be the 12. And this, obviously, we know Judas did not continue on, but 
to be the ones that were going to spread the gospel when he was gone. He had a purpose. He knew where he was going. He was directed by God to go to Galilee on this specific day, and he found Philip. How many of us in here are found? Do you realize that God directed the Holy Spirit on one particular day to encounter you and find you, and you made the decision to begin following Jesus? There was a time where he said, so-and-so, sister so-and-so, brother and -and so-and-so are chosen. They will be found by me. They will encounter my son through the power of the Holy Spirit, and they will receive him and begin to follow him. There was a particular day. If you don't have that particular day that you were found, well, you will have an opportunity to make that day today. Amen. Amen. But this is awesome. The understanding that God personally wants to interact in our life. And that's what happened with Jesus and Philip. Jesus found Philip and he said to him two of the most important words that I believe are in the Bible that are meant for everybody. Not just for those that are holier than thou, but for everyone. Those two words were, follow me. This is the phrase that I want you to write down. This is what I want you to circle. This is the first one that we're going to camp out on in this eight-week series. Jesus said, follow me. And that means a lot. That means so much. Because what he's saying is the moment you decide to follow me is the moment that you're laying yourself aside. It's a moment where if you thought your life was hard now, guess what? It's going to get a lot harder For us as believers to look at somebody who's an unbeliever and say, listen, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to go perfectly, that's a lie. You're setting him up for failure. You're setting him up to be part of the church almost in a negative way because when things start happening, then that's when they start saying, is God really real? Is Jesus really real? Like if we can tell people that are unbelievers that want to make the decision to follow Jesus or trying to make that decision and tell them, listen, Your life is actually going to get harder, although it's going to be rewarding. Don't get me wrong. And yes, you're going to have eternal life in heaven one day, but to follow him is not going to be easy because when I read the book, everybody that followed him, his original disciples were all martyred with the exception of John. And let me tell you something, even though John wasn't martyred, John still still went through some things that I don't even ever want to go through, i.e. trying to be boiled alive. Following him is not easy. So when I hear the words, follow me, if you're an unbeliever that's in here or watching online, if you decide to follow Jesus, and I do pray and hope you do, just let me be real with you. It's not going to be easy. If you're in here today and you are currently a follower of Jesus, then what I'm saying to you today is, are you really following him? And I can hear you now. Pastor Jeff, I thought you said this was going to be an encouraging message. Yes, it will be. I promise. (laughs) So when I think of follow me, I think of of this statue, and there should be a picture that comes up. This statue is in Fort Benning, Georgia. And when I was in the Army, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, and I was there for for some training. I did did training with uh, with Airborne, Airborne School, and I remember driving by this statue. It's very iconic uh, in the Army world because it's the statue that is supposed to represent the infantrymen. And so uh, 
perfect because the school of infantry is there at Fort Benning, Georgia. The statue stands out front of it, and the unit that runs it is the 24th Infantry Division, and their motto is, follow me. And I thought that was very interesting because when I see that, that reminds me of following Jesus. Because what Jesus is leading us into is not, <laughs> not rainbows and unicorns and peace and good times. This, what he's leading us into is into battle. Because the moment that you say, I'm a believer in Jesus, then all of a sudden you're signing up to go to battle. The war is already won, but there's still battles to be fought. And it's not just for you to fight your own battles, but it's for you to come alongside somebody and help them fight their battles as well. So it's almost like I'm following this guy into battle every time I decide every day when I make that daily decision to get up to follow Jesus. There's going to be some terrain features that I'm going to have to overcome. There's going to be some obstacles that I'm going to overcome. There's going to be some minefields I'm going to have to walk through. There are going to be bullets that are going to be flying by my head. But I need to put my head down and I need to keep going and I need to keep moving as I'm following Jesus. Follow me. It is so important for us to do that. But why? What's the carrot at the end of the stick? For those of you that are in here and you're going through hard times and you're trying to make the decision whether I want to continue following Jesus or you kind of subconsciously have reverted into an, a time of retreat, there's because there's greatness that's waiting for you. There's greatness that's waiting for you. Jesus has some greatness that is waiting for you if you continue to decide every day to follow him. And let me explain that here in a minute because I don't want you to think that I'm saying that you're going to become great. That's not what I'm saying. So John continues in verse 44. He says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And I love this detail because what Philip, what we're seeing here is the Bible is basically saying that Philip knew Andrew and Peter. So these two Andrew and Peter and John were the first three disciples to begin following Jesus. And I guarantee you they had a conversation with Philip. Like, hey man, you need to see who Jesus is. And so when Jesus showed up, Philip pretty much had a good idea who he is. And he began to follow him. Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip found Nathanael. For you all, what this means, and for me, is that found people find people. Amen. Philip was found by Jesus. Philip then finds Nathanael. There is a sequence of events here. If you're found, then you should have the desire to find. And this blew up on me when I, when I saw this, because as we're continuing to move forward and we're, we're, we're keeping that movement going forward and we're following Jesus, then one of the signs that we're following him, and maybe the next thing that we need to do that is something different, is we need to go find somebody and we need to tell them about Jesus, amen? Found people find people. See, if we're in a season as the church if we truly believe that we're in these last days, look, I don't know about you, but the fact that the Chinese are flying balloons over our airspace, <laughs> that's kind of like a little bit of a wake-up call. 
And if you dig a little bit deeper into some of the things that are happening in this world, man, things are happening really, really fast. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist here, but what I'm saying is we're beginning to see very overtly that we're in the last days. And I'm going to say this in love, and I'm also pointing a finger back at me, but serving in a church and going to a church is not enough anymore for the church. Being in ministry, not enough. What do I mean by that? Sometimes I think we get caught in a routine. Sundays, I'm going to go to church, right? And then some Sundays, I'm not going to come in the auditorium and worship. Some Sundays, I'm going to go back and serve in the kids' ministry, and God bless you for it. Or for me, hey, I come in, this is my life, you know? I'm serving Jesus every day. But am I reaching people for him outside of my office, outside of the church service? Am I actually going to find people? And that's been convicting me. I can't say, you know, I'm tired. I just want to spend time with my family. And I do do that. I need to have those boundaries somewhat. I need to spend time with my wife and with my kids. Amen. I still need to do that. But I also need to open myself up for the opportunity to engage people. Because I'm found by Jesus. That means I need to have that desire burned up in me to go find people for him. Are you doing that? And we're going to find out here in a minute because I'm going to ask you all some questions as we get towards the end. So Philip found Nathanael and he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. So everything that Philip has ever heard about when it came to the Messiah, everything in the Old Testament from the law of Moses to all the prophets, boom, there is Jesus in the flesh, the Messiah He now knows, based on everything he has seen in the word of God, that he is the word of God. And I love this because he he not only equates him as God, but he says Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Basically repeating what John said in the beginning of chapter 1, that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So he's saying here is Jesus is God and he's also fully man. Here he is. And this is what Nathanael said. He said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So what is Nazareth? Nazareth is kind of like your your outlaw city in Israel. Along the Sea of Galilee, it's a fisherman's village. No more than maybe 2,000 people living in that little village. Okay, they're Galileans. They're uneducated. They're stupid. Just Stay up there and just fish, okay? We don't want to hang out with you. You're not educated enough. You're definitely not people that would be equated with people that live in Jerusalem, you know? Maybe it's that way. Tolson's looked down on Broken Arrowins that way. I don't know. But it's kind of the same, the same mentality, right? Nathaniel's saying, does anything good come out of Nazareth, all right? Because Nazareth has a reputation. Folks, when we engage people, When we actually take that step of faith and invite them to church, the world has this mentality about the church. Does anything good ever come out of church? I had had just a brief encounter with a waitress at a restaurant last week. 
And I actually really felt like that God was saying, you need to invite her, and I did. I invited her to church, but when I asked her to church, she kind of she snickered a little bit. Because I asked her, do you go to church somewhere? And she kind of snickered. She had a real sweet spirit about her, but when I felt like when I started to engage her about coming to church, it kind of switched a little bit to, <laughs> oh, you're one of those people. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like the church in this country anyway needs to repent because we have treated those that have yet to make the decision to follow Jesus, we have treated those people not like Jesus would. We have some sin, I believe, and not being, I'm not saying accepting of the person's sin, obviously that is not the case, but accepting of people that need to know Jesus, that maybe are wanting to darken the door of a church, but they don't want to because they've heard things, they've seen things, they have felt judged and condemned, and I've talked about this before, but we have a habit as the church, especially non-denominational charismatic believers, that unless you belong to the Republican Party, you can't come to church. It's, it's just that way. And I think we're having to overcome that. And the only way we're going to overcome that, the only way we're going to keep moving and following Jesus is like Philip, because we are found, we're going to find people. And when we do, we're going to lovingly ask them something to do. And this is what he says. Philip said to him, come and see. Come and see. I didn't get there with this young lady, this waitress I was talking to, but what I should have said was, come and see. Like, I'm not out there to open up the gospel to John and go through chapter three with everybody that I engage. If I love them and treat them nicely and act like they are better than me and do something maybe to serve them, then I believe I have earned the right to look at them and say, come and see. Am I resonating with anyone in here today? Come and see. You know, I was asked last week, what is the vision for home church? And we've talked about it, right? We know it's to lead people into a growing and spirit-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that we want to seek the welfare of this city. We know this year we want to do something different by stretching our faith and doing something different for God so that we can go ahead and move forward in all that he has for us this year. But ultimately, really what it is, what my vision is for all of you is to grasp onto the idea that the greater things that God has for me is revolved around somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And that if I would just extend myself just a little bit and be Jesus to them and then ask them to come and see, there, there is something there, right? Because if you bring somebody with you and they receive Jesus in this church or if they receive Jesus in your living room, I don't care where it is that they receive Jesus. The goal is ultimately you're growing the kingdom and I want us to grow the kingdom. And I think we live in a day and age where we feel like everybody's saved because most people in America identify themselves as Christians. 
and especially in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I think we feel like everybody's saved. And that's not the case. Hence, the waitress that I engaged with at this restaurant. We have an opportunity here. My vision is for all of us this year to bring at least one person here that doesn't know Jesus. Because if you do that, then I'm going to have to break out more chairs. And I have a ton of chairs in the back room. Me up here preaching is not just for you who've been believers for a long time. Me up here preaching is for those that have yet to make the decision as well, that don't know Jesus. The reason why I want all this room to be filled is so that people have the opportunity to hear the gospel and to receive Jesus. It has nothing to do with, oh, our attendance was 500 today. I don't care about that. I do care about that in the sense that I want people, more people to hear about Jesus. So Philip said to him, come and see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed whom there is no deceit. So Israelites kind of had a reputation, right? They are from Jacob. What did Jacob do? Jacob stole the birthright from his brother Esau. Very deceitful. So what I see here is Jesus basically showing that he's approachable. This is his sense of humor. And I've read other things as a reason why he said this, but I ultimately believe in my heart that Jesus was kind of poking fun at him a little bit and having a sense of humor to open up to him and let him know that, listen, I'm approachable. Come, come to me. Because Jesus saw, saw Nathaniel under the fig tree, which we're going to see here in a minute. So Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. That fig tree moment, that is a moment where I believe that if we can think about it for a minute, we can see how that can be used to help us to continue to keep moving. And I think some of you are there right now. This fig tree moment that Nathaniel had, nobody really knows what that was. But what Jesus is saying here is, I saw you. I saw you under that fig tree. And I have to believe that there was something going on between Nathaniel and God underneath that fig tree. Maybe Nathaniel was saying, I can't keep moving. Like, I'm done. He was being honest with God. There's that, there is an Israel, Israelite here indeed who has no deceit. Jesus is saying that, right? I believe that, that Nathaniel was honestly opening his heart up to God and saying, this is what's going on in my life. And he did that underneath a fig tree. And maybe some of you need to have that fig tree moment where you know there's something you're going through and you just can't put your finger on why you feel the way you do. But what you need to do is open up your heart to God and have that fig tree moment. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? This is awesome. Nathaniel makes that connection with Jesus. Realize that he's speaking about a very personal and intimate moment that he had with God underneath that fig tree. That opens his eyes to realize that Jesus truly is the Messiah. But Nathaniel still doesn't get it 100% right. Because what he says here is, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. 
So he equates Jesus as God, which is correct, but he says you are the king of Israel, which is somewhat incorrect. What he's saying here ultimately is you're the Messiah who's coming to free us from the rule of Rome. And that's not the case. So Nathaniel still has some things to learn. But Jesus still was surprised. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And how does he see the greater things? Nathaniel has to make the decision to follow Jesus. If you're in here today and you're struggling, like I said before, I hope this encourages you. Every day we need to make the decision to follow Jesus. And if we do that, then we are promised that we're going to see the greater things. The greater things are what? People coming to know Jesus. What do you think Nathaniel saw? Nathaniel saw in his time as a disciple, when Jesus was still on this earth, saw miracle signs and wonders. Then he was also there and saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And he was in the upper room and received the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he went out and he told everybody about him. The greater things are not just the miracles that we experience for ourselves. The greater things are what we see when God grabs onto somebody and finds them. And he uses us to find them to bring them to Jesus. These greater things is what I believe God wants for us today. The reason why I pick up my cross and follow Jesus every day as your pastor is because I'm believing for the greater things. Now, praise God, during encounter, we saw a miracle. Tom, sitting down here on the front, had his shoulder healed by Jesus. Yes, praise God for that. Dave told me, Pastor Dave told me, there were several people that went up to him and confessed some of the things that they had to confess, some sins they had to confess, some things that that they had to repent of, and then also some things they had to forgive people for that they have not even admitted in over 40 years for some of them. Like, those are some greater things. But then there's also these greater things that are not just meant for us, but for those that we can bring and we can tell people to come and see so they experience Jesus for themselves. Verse 51. And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The heavens will be opened. Nathaniel will see the heavens open. We keep saying that, you know, we want to see heaven on earth as it is in heaven, so will it be on earth, Right? You know, the church today keeps saying we want to see revival break out. And the way that we see revival break out is when we see hands going up to receive Jesus. Because I believe I'm speaking to a room full of believers that are in here today. I want to see the greater things. I want to see the heavens open up. For me to keep moving... Ultimately, what God is saying is as you move and follow in Jesus, the way that you keep moving is to bring people. The way that you're going to see the greater things and see the heavens open up is to bring people. And it's not even in a building, really, because the more that you go out and you engage people, the more you will see that. You know, Pastor Dave said something that was very powerful during the encounter conference. I believe he said it on the Sunday when we had church last Sunday. 
He said that in order to see God do the impossible, you have to put yourself in an impossible situation. I thought that was outstanding. (laughs) Because the impossible situation is seeing somebody that needs healing, you don't know who they are, and you walk over there, and you look at them and say, I want to lay hands on you because I believe that Jesus can heal you today. The impossible situation that's going to force God to move is seeing someone like the waitress that I saw and just simply saying, look, I see you, and I'm asking you to come and see. That is where we're at today, and that is why we need to make the decision every day to follow Jesus. Everybody would please stand. follow me that's the phrase for week one follow me with everybody's head bowed nobody looking around I want you to be honest maybe you're in here today it's been tough the year is tough so far it's been tough for me in the the last month and a half And we're all trying to follow Jesus the best way we can. And I believe God honors that. He sees your heart. Just like you saw Nathaniel under a fig tree, he sees you today. And what he's saying to you is to keep moving. And one of the biggest ways that you can show Jesus that you're going to continue to move and keep moving for him is by engaging somebody that doesn't know Jesus or doesn't go to church What I want to ask you all today is, if you have somebody you work with, somebody that you go to school with, somebody that you know, that you know does not know Jesus or is not coming to church, then I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. That's the call to action today. If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, raise your hand. And I see about, and I'm not trying to exaggerate here, about 20, 25 hands. That's awesome. That's awesome. What I'm going to ask you to do, believe it or not, I'm not going to ask you to invite them to church right now. (laughs) What I'm going to ask you to do, because you are a found person, God loves you and has chosen you, you are found. What I'm asking you to do is go engage that person that still needs to be found the person that is in your heart right now that you just raise your hand for and just be Jesus to them. Find out, is there something I can pray for you about? Is there something that I can give to you that you might need? Is there something I can do for you? Do you need to talk? And then I believe the Holy Spirit is going to give you the unction to invite that person to come and see, just like Philip did to Nathaniel. You never know, the person that you just raised a hand for could be the next Billy Graham for all we know. Because Nathaniel continued to follow Jesus. Nathaniel helped spread the gospel into modern day Armenia. And he was martyred either there or some way in, somewhere in modern day Albania, is what they, they think. He became a martyr. You just never know. 
So that person that you have on your heart that you raise your hand for, the challenge for you this week is to engage them and do something for them, serve them. For the rest of you, everybody's head still down. Maybe you haven't made the decision to start following Jesus yet. You've never, ever made that decision. And this is the day to do it. Like, we are not the church that maybe you think, does anything good ever come out of church? That's not us. Home church is not that way. We're here to love on you. We're not looking at you in a judging or condemning way. We're here to tell you that we love you and we want you to become part of God's family. And so if that's you today and you have never made the decision to follow Jesus, you can't remember a day that you've done that, to believe on him and ask him to be the Lord of your life, if that's you today, then I'm asking you also to raise your hand. If that's you today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Maybe you're in here today and you've heard about the Holy Spirit. You might have heard some people speaking in other tongues around you. Jesus is the first gift that you receive. And then the second one you can receive is the power of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit doesn't just live in you, but is upon you for the power to do the things I've been talking about today, to keep moving and follow Jesus even more closely. If that's you today and you've never received the power of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, this is another big step. It was huge for me. Wouldn't be here today without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you also to raise your hand. That's you. Praise God. Father, I just want to thank you for everybody that's in this room. Father, I thank you for those that are watching online. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to sit in your presence, experience your word. Father, what I'm asking right now essentially is I want people to be available, to be available to you, to be available for these people that they raised their hand for this morning. Father, I'm believing that you're going to do something powerful in the lives of everybody that we know that need to come and see for themselves. Father, I just thank you that as we leave this place today, that we're encouraged to know that you see us, that you know where we're at in our life, and that you lovingly say, keep moving. And because of that, Father, right now, we make ourselves available to you and worship. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said.